This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Winter is Coming Game of Thrones podcast. We are Take the Black, and we're back after a few weeks off because it's the off season, and we don't like to talk every week. That's just how we are. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we've got a little bit of news. We've been gathering some news in the off weeks, trying to find things to talk about, and we've got some pretty cool news. First of all, we've got... Uh, Game of Thrones cast members who are done filming their season seven roles, which means we are fast approaching. Well, not fast. We are slowly approaching Game of Thrones season seven for the summer. So let's talk first about Kit Harrington. Um, he he's done filming his scenes. Uh, I believe he was spotted in Belfast. Am I am I correct, Annie? Yes. He was spotted. Actually, he was spotted at a place called Brooklyn, uh, just to confuse everyone. It wasn't <laughs> Brooklyn and Belfast. In New York. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he's done filming. So the King of the North has has finished his scenes. Oddly enough, Macy Williams is not done filming. She's still working on Game of Thrones season seven. So I'm sure she's probably in Titanic Studios, probably somewhere doing some some weird faceless man stuff. Hopefully, we'll get to see some cool scenes with that. But she's still working on season seven. Um, but Daenerys Targaryen, uh, Amelia Clark, her she is done filming, and so is her entire. Uh, entourage, all the people in her in her group, uh, varies. Uh, uh, Con- how do you pronounce his name? Conliffe Hill. Uh, Conliffe Hill. He's done. He's done, and so is um, Jacob Anderson. Jacob Anderson. His their entire group is done filming. So the Targaryen side of things, they're done with the show for season yeah, six. Yeah, Miss Andy is actually gearing up to uh, start promoting Fast and Furious, isn't she? Wow. Already moving Fate right into the, the next Fate of Whatever the Furious. The, I knew you would know that. I knew oh, you would know that title. <laughs> come on, you know I've been waiting all summer for Fate of the Furious Seventeen. <laughs> you think it, it has? A, do you think it has a purple Lamborghini in it? Of course. <laughs> I do not understand those movies, you guys. Uh, nobody cars. understands them. They're not meant to be understood. They're just you have a submarine. You have a submarine fighting cars on an iceberg. It doesn't make sense. 
on an airplane. Let's just move on. So there you go. Um, so we've got various Game of Thrones cast members uh, wrapping up their season seven filming. Um, and we even had uh, Mr. Hill, Conleth Hill, talk about, who was very, he's talked about how um, filming will probably last through February and into March. So I would not expect uh, production to have a trailer up anytime soon. Um, what do you think about that, Isis? I know you're chomping at the bit to see your cinnamon bun in a, in a season seven trailer, but you won't see him anytime soon. So what do you think about that? I mean, I, you know, I understand it. I, I get it. They're still filming. You know, it's going to be a while, and I'm okay with it. As long as, you know, what I perceive is going to be probably one of the better um, seasons of Game of Thrones, as long as they, they're, that's what they're aiming for, I will, I will wait. You know, hey, at least I know as a non-book reader, I won't have to wait as long for the next season as the uh, – Fans of the books will have to wait for Winds of Winter. So you just had to uh, get dig in, didn't you? I did. I did. I felt like it was necessary. It hurts. So, it hurts really um, bad. So no, I'm fine with it. Absolutely. I mean, you know what? There, he's still showing up for award shows. You know, you get to see him. Uh, you know, every now and then he pops up in a pub and everything. All is well. He still has his beautiful, flowy chocolate locks. I'm good. <laughs> He's going to be in a movie where he plays um, uh, a cowboy, like a Southwest American cowboy. Like, I- I'm yeah, interested. I really wish you wouldn't do that. I'm interested in seeing if he can hold that accent for an entire movie. No, I don't. I'm going to guess possible. not. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think he will. I, I at this point, he they just might as well, if they put him in a movie, especially if it's an American movie, they might as well make him a mute. And, and or the just, British villain, just just stand there and look pretty for Mama. And, yeah, and then mean, the thing is, is that like the easiest accent for a British actor to do is a Southern American accent. And Amelia Clark didn't do a bad job when she had to pull one off. But I just, you know, I love Kit Harrington, but I just don't see it. I know. I I he spoke. In the trailer for Brimstone, which is the new, the new movie he's doing, with, with by the way, uh, Carice Van Houten is doing as well, Melisandre. So uh, both of them are going to be in the same film. I, I'm interested in seeing how he can hold that accent because he spoke like one line talking about your mother doesn't give up that easy or something like that. And it was very odd. It was very, very odd. So, hey, I'm more excited about seeing his girlfriend, uh, Rose Leslie. In the uh, new TV series, um, oh my gosh, it's supposed to be the spinoff of The Good Wife. I'm more excited about her than I would be about Kit Harrington trying to do a Southern accent. I, you know what? I hope I hope Rose Leslie shows up on Downton Abbey the movie. Oh my oh, god, that would, that would be, be so amazing. <gasps> yeah, yeah. They, they're, they're, the rumors of Downton Abbey the movie are heating up, so I'm really kind of hoping that they find a way to, like, you know, show her as a secretary. Now that she's had her time in the North, she can come down south of the wall and get her typing on. Isn't she married to a, a powerful person now on Downton Abbey? Isn't she, like, a lady now or something? Yes, she was. She was married. Yes, she was. You're right. I completely forgot about that. She is actually, um, she's actually raised her station, and she is, and she is thoroughly middle class. Yeah, there you go, so... Um, Kiss by Fire is now, um, uh, a posh British middle class person. So, um, yeah, but, uh, this, this rolls into, and Corey Smith, I want you to take the lead on this. 
when we might see the net the, the first trailer for Game of Thrones season seven, and I really want to hear what you think about that. Well, I mean, it, it's all kind of you know guessing at this point, but if we kind of read the tea leaves, um, and and Dan had a, a really good article about this on Wick, uh, the editor in chief over there. Um, you know, normally for most of the season, we get the trailer between six and eight weeks before the season comes out. So if we kind of forecast that, that would mean that we're getting the trailer sometime in uh, like mid-May. Or no, not mid-May, I'm sorry, mid-April. Because we're, we're guessing the earliest that the season will debut is June. So that means the earliest we could get the trailer would be mid-April. So, well, no, we know that the earliest the show will debut is June because HBO has said very clearly that season seven of Game of Thrones will not uh, be quali- will not qualify for the 2017 Emmys. In order to qualify for the 2017 Emmys, they have to debut by May 31st. So, therefore, whatever it is, it's June 1st or later. Like it could literally be June 1st, though, as you pointed out uh, calendar says it actually be June 4th but yeah like so we know that it isn't going to happen until June so then it's you know for all we know though they could be going for the true detective slot in July which I really kind of hope we don't have to wait that long but that is kind of one of the logical spots for them to start well I think that that definitely could make sense especially you know because one of the things you know, we only have seven episodes this this year, so that throws a lot of things off balance, I think. You know, normally they would kind of schedule around holidays, you know, to, either to end before or after them, or they wouldn't air on those holidays and, and things of that nature. So if you if you throw in July, you've got July 4th, and then um, what's in August? Is it Memorial Day or... That's Labor Day, which is already. But that's actually the first week of September. If they okay. started, if they started airing July fourteenth, which would be the basically the weekend after July fourth, right. they would literally end the weekend before Labor Day. So there is a seven week gap where they could fit it in perfectly without having to hit any right. holidays, which is you know why what? True Detective sat in that slot. Right. Exactly. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Seven episodes. You know, we kind of. Some of the stuff gets thrown out out of the window as far as when we might get a trailer. We might get a trailer much earlier before the season starts just to kind of keep people, you know, buzzing about the show. The other thought process is is uh, Benioff and Weiss, the showrunners, are doing a big presentation at South by Southwest in March. Right. And so some people have thought that they could potentially debut the trailer there. Um, I mean, they're one of the headlining speakers there. That's a huge worldwide, you know, media conference. So it could make some sense, but that that does seem a little early as far as, it, you know, especially if they're still filming, you know, even weeks before that. So not sure on that one. I, I just don't see them dropping a trailer for season seven that early, or especially at South by Southwest. I'm not saying that's a small potatoes uh, event. I'm just saying. They've gone to great lengths in the past to drop trailers uh, probably at IMAX, at IMAX screenings of the previous season's finale, um, leaking different bits of trailers and stuff. So I just want to know – I don't know. Do you think March is a viable time for a trailer? I, I don't. I, you know – But I, I've seen even, it bandied about there. 
Okay, I, I could see them doing it because they have been filming for quite a while, but the fact of the matter is, is that I would expect more something along the lines of the Game of Thrones experience, um, some teases for the new season, maybe, like, a few, like, pictures. But, I mean, let's actually, if you look at the timeline, most of the time they finish filming around December 15th-ish, right? And our first trailer comes end of January, beginning of February, about six weeks later. So if they really finish at the end of February, then six weeks later is April 15th. Right. Yeah. Which is I- when the sh- which makes a lot of sense because that's when the show would normally debut. Um, HBO would get to basically, ha- in, in a Beyonce kind of way, have the audience to itself not have to share with everybody else who might be presenting. Right? Like, HBO doesn't like to share. <laughs> yeah, I, I think best case scenario at South by we get like maybe a 10 or 15 second clip of something, right. you know, a conversation between two people that, that doesn't necessarily amount to much, but I think they, they, they could definitely debut some new footage, but not a full on trailer that kind of gives away some of the big beats of season. And, and most importantly, something that doesn't require any CGI. Right. Exactly. Uh, a a small point. conversation, uh, you know, two people sitting in a room, you know, talking about, you know, whatever, but you know, something, yeah, that's just two characters and it's not very, you know, complicated. Because honestly, I think part of the reason why it takes six weeks after they finish filming for us to get a trailer is the CGI factor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with Liam Cunningham, uh, basically he did an interview, um, as he is one of those who has finished filming for the year. Um, he did an interview where he talked about how different this season felt from all other seasons. And, you know, of course we asked the question, why is this season different from all other seasons, children? Um, and it is basically because everybody's going to meet for once and everyone's going to communicate for once. One of the hallmarks of Game of Thrones is that we basically have these storylines that are on parallel tracks but never meet, right? Mm-hmm. And this season, we are looking at having, you know, from spo- from filming spoilers we've seen, Jon Snow, you know, Danny. Um, there's rumors of the Lannisters also meeting up with them at the Dragon Pit. Whether or not that's really true, we don't know. We did see that had- concept art. We saw, oh, well, okay, we'll get to the concept art in a minute. Um, but in, in terms of filming spoilers, they actually kept whatever was filmed in the Dragon Pit, quote-unquote, completely under wraps. Like, they really did keep all photo, all photography off. So right. we really don't actually know what happens there. Um, but the concept art, which we saw, had a picture, uh, had Tyrion in it, it had Braun in it, and it had Jon Snow. So that's all three factions, Danny, Braun, who, is, who represents the Lannisters, and Jon Snow and co, all together in one little group, right? Tyrion, that, Tyrion was there too. Tyrion, yeah, Tyrion is uh, from Team Targaryen, um, you know, Braun represents the last of the Lannisters, so those are the three teams. Um, but what Liam Cunningham said, which I thought was very interesting, was that uh, he talked about uh, the, the messages being passed between the groups. And that was very interesting because that means someone has to break down and send a raven and be the first one to bro- to broach the walls, basically. And right. you know, my question was, how does this happen? Is it that Sam finds out? Of- Sam knows about the White Walkers. Does he 
in the maesters like get somehow a raven to everybody to tell them to start talking you know mm-hmm. does john snow and co decide what do we have to lose up here and just and 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 sends up the team targaryen you know how did the last of the lannisters get pulled into this exactly you know who decides you know we really got to talk to those idiots over in king's landing <laughs> you know because i don't know I, I almost would be like dude whatever just let them burn um they got enough fire as it is let, let them burn um but eventually like and that's the thing is that the dragon pit really suggests that all three teams are going to come together here and everyone's going to get together and that i can see that feeling very different after all these years of filming these parallel tracks and no one ever communicating between except you know when actor breaks and like parties and stuff you know and i i think it, i i can see that having a major effect on how the season feels to the actors Isis, as a showly, does that interest you to see the maesters talking back and forth? Absolutely. I, I really, I feel like it's bringing, you know, the show together um, in a way that we haven't seen before. So anytime the show does that, I really am interested in that. I think it's, um, you know, of course, we've been watching out, you know, from an outside perspective, watching the show and saying, well, why don't you just talk to so-and-so, and this person knows this, and, and it seems like now it's finally kind of coming together. I mean, it, it's, you know, hard to realize when you're watching the show uh, as a Shonley that, okay, all these people are in different places, and they're very, very far away. Um, now it's kind of like, all right, now we're, we don't have the internet quite yet. But at least, you know, we have like um, ICQ or something, you know, where we're able to kind of communicate with each other uh, through, you know, uh, American Online IM and stuff like that. So uh, I think it's really going to bring a new dynamic to the, sh- to the show that we haven't had before and make it really nice and fresh. Do you want to see Sam be part of that? Oh, absolutely. I think, I think the more we have Sam involved, I think the better the show is. Uh, in my opinion, I, I like Sam as a as a Shonley. Um, I like what he brings to the show, and um, and so you know, being the smartest guy in the room, um, I, I think he should be involved in what's going on because, of course, we're always talking about when Sam is on there. It's like, hey, Sam knows this, or Sam will you know be able to figure this out. And um, so I think, yeah, I think I think it's a, a great achievement for smart guys uh, to be more involved, even though he he's not somebody who would be involved in the actual battle. Uh, but his his knowledge really brings something to the table. OK, um, did you also uh, did you see the thing with Alfie Allen where uh, he was talking about this season as well? I did not. I missed that. What happened? Okay, um, so Alfie Allen basically uh, stepped forward and, uh, you know, he, as part of uh, Team uh, Targaryen, is also kind of done for the year. And uh, the thing about him is that he's kind of loose lips. He actually has let out a lot he's terrible of terrible at this. Dude, he let, out so, at he let out so many season six spoilers last year. Um, yeah, but, he's terrible uh, at this. He's so, so, so far, the only thing he's managed to spill is that he... Okay, so you know how he basically stopped being Theon and was Reek for a while? Mm-hmm. Um, and for book people, this means a lot, because his chapters literally went from being titled Theon to Reek. Like, that, that's actually a thing that happened. And for, like, several chapters, you aren't actually sure if Reek is Theon or not. It takes a bit. Um, so what Alan said in this interview was, so I don't play Reek anymore. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay, yeah. well, and, and and I just want to jump in here real quick, and then because and, I know you know ahead. more about it than I do. I'm just going to give you no, my no, no, first impression. Uh, and for me, as a Shonley, I think that that's huge. It's something that we already saw happening last season, but this kind of solidifies it. He's not going to go ahead and roll back. You know, I mean, even when things get hard and, and, and he's having, you know, PTSD issues and stuff like that, the fact that he's no longer Reek um, has a lot to do with the fact that I think that his sister got through to him and with the support and, you know, probably I, I you know, I, I have to say that um, I feel like, you know, his sister has a lot to do with it, but also being around all the other people for a common goal um, to, to avenge, you know, make right, if you will, um, what he did. Cause he feels like he's part of this, that he, he, you know, had a big part to play in this. I think this is a, a great uh, moment for him and I cannot wait to see it. I mean, it, I think this is great news. Okay. Uh, Corey. And, uh, well, I was going to say, I, I think that as usual, Alfie Allen is spilling more than he probably intends to, because if we kind of connect the dots with all the spoilers that we've gotten about season seven, um, you know, we saw him in season six struggling to reassert his Theon personality. And Yara was helping him with that. And it seemed like he was getting it back, especially towards the end of the season when they met with Danny. Um, and so from season seven spoilers, we know that Yara is getting captured at some point a year on. And so, you know, and then we also know that John and Theon meet at Dragonstone, and then we've got those shots of Theon fighting some sort of Ironborn on a beach. Now, originally, we thought when Theon was fighting that Ironborn, he was probably fighting one of his one of Uncle Euron's, you know, thugs, one of his minions. But now, if if we're learning that. If Alfie Allen's saying Theon's going to reassert himself and he's going to be the leader that he was before he got things chopped off, um, that to me says Theon's fighting one of his own men after Yara gets captured. And so Basically Theon, to prove that his changed circumstances do not make him less of a man. Right, and that, and that he's now, if Yara's gone, he's now in charge of whatever Ironborn contingent are with, you know, with Danny. So to me, I think what I mean, I think he's kind of, again, like I said, spoiling more than he intends to because he's showing that, you know, because we we kind of assumed that once Yar got captured, he might revert back to the, you know, to the meek, you know, kind of weak, uh, you know, Theon. But oh, and then it would break him. Right. But now it sounds like that's not going to be there. And when Yar gets captured, he's just going to take, you know, take charge of the Ironborn that are helping out Danny. And just keep rolling with the punches and maybe try and do the reverse of what Yara tried to do for him and rescue Yara um, from captivity. So I think he's spoiling more than he thought to again, but I mean, that could just be me. No, I, 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 as you said, Alfie Allen is 
terrible at this. I mean, I don't know all, why they let him keep talking to people. Yeah, like really. This. Like, I think last year when he was in Australia and he got drunk, he let it all out. I assumed that they were just going to rain him in this year completely. But you yeah, know. And, and what was it? He, I mean, like at the, I forget what it, was it at the season premiere, season six premiere, where he basically laid out the first fifteen minutes of the of the first episode. Right after they had literally right. like only invited people who needed to review it, kind of thing, like people whose job it is to keep their mouths shut. Didn't they um, play a joke on him one time that they gave him a script where he gets killed off oh, and yeah, they yeah. didn't tell him for like a week? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and it's partly thought, because of his big mouth. It probably was, and you would think he would learn by now, like, dude, just shut up, <laughs> and, and you know, you have this great gig going on, but you know, like, you know, his sister says, Lily, you know, he doesn't know. He's just an idiot sometimes. Yeah, it's true. Um, and it's probably a good thing that he didn't show up to the sex because he might have given more away. Instead, we had a, we had the usual suspect show up, um, you know, uh, dressed to the nines as always. Sadly, Game of Thrones did not actually win at the SAGs this year. Um, you know, Stranger Things basically was the big story. Um, but, you know, that's the, other, that's the last major award for the show this year. Um, from here on out, it's Grammys and Oscars, and then nothing until, you know, 2018, basically. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, the only other thing I think is that we have, uh, that George Martin, we do have some news about George Martin, and, uh, he is, uh, releasing writing in 2017? Yeah, um, it's not something he wrote anytime, you know, lately. Um, it's, it's a, it's a novella that he wrote, um, called Sons of the Dragon, The Sons of the Dragon. Um, it's basically in the same vein as um, the two previous novellas that he wrote. Um, but it's set in Westeros. Set in Westeros. It basically follows um, the two, the first two sons of Aegon the Conqueror. So it's, it takes place roughly 300 years before Game of Thrones. Um, Aegon, when Aegon dies, his firstborn son is a, is a kid named Aenys. Um, I may be pronouncing that wrong. Um, and he's basically a weakling. His second son is a guy named Magor the Cruel, who is exactly like he sounds. And, um, you know, it, when Magor finally ascends to the throne, it's just bloodshed and conflict and people getting roasted by dragons and all kinds of fun stuff. Now, Martin wrote this. Um, it's part of a kind of a history of House Targaryen that he's been working on forever. Um, and he wrote this years ago. We're not exactly quite sure, but uh, he, he read it at a comic con, at a comic con convention, London con, I think three years ago, something okay, like that. Okay. So this is, this is something that he, it's not like he sat down and wrote this rather than doing Winds of Winter last fall. Right, which is what everybody's assuming. Everybody's pissed off. They're like, well, how can you write this and not finish Winds of Winter? He wrote this probably before he even started Winds or about the same time. So, I mean, I cut the guy a little bit of slack. I mean, it is going to be a tale set in Westeros. Magor's a pretty cool guy. He, I think he had like seven wives. He's kind of like Henry VIII. Um, he has a bunch of wives. None of them bear him kids. He kills a bunch of them. He eats. He has his dragon Balerion eat a bunch of people. He blows up a sept in King's Landing. I mean, he's a pretty cool guy. He's got a lot of stuff going on. So, I mean, yeah. So it's, it's worth not, reading, is what you're saying. Like it's worth getting this uh, this book of tales to read this short story. 
Yeah, and it, I mean the book is the book is with a longtime collaborator of his, and um, you know it's got I think thirteen or fourteen other um, fantasy genre novellas in it. So um, it's the same as the Rogue Prince and the Dance of the Dragons that he released a couple years back. So it's the same vein. Um, they're they're not as detailed. Even Martin says these stories that he releases they're not as detailed as his as his novels. They're more they're more show than tell is what Martin says. So I, I, I think it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's new material that I've never read. So I think it'll be fun. I mean, and, and what else are we going to do until winds come out? Yeah, that's true. Isis, are you going to try and read this? Well, well um, this is the thing about it. I just, I, I probably won't read it anytime soon, but I just wanted to, I, I know there was a lot of outrage about it. People were really upset. And I just want to say that this is not uncommon for writers to do this. I mean, writers right. do have little side projects that they're working on bit by bit. Um, you know, it just, you know, sometimes it takes a little time, especially if you're just writing for one main storyline and everything um but like a palette you know, cleanser basically like i really need to put winds of winter i need to put like something in between start finishing dance of dragons and starting winds of winter let me knock out this tiny little novella real quick exactly and you know in the re- and i'm an outlander fan and i've read all the outlander books and you know the the, the writer diana she does the exact same thing a matter of fact she's friends with uh, Martin, but, um, but, you know, they really do have these little side projects or even like maybe little novellas that are added on to the main topic. So, you know, it's one of those situations that I think that we need to give these writers um, a chance to go ahead and express themselves in different ways and then let them come back to the series. And it will probably be better than we thought. I think if we just keep on hounding these uh, writers to, oh, finish this, finish this, finish this, the product may, you know, they may get it done, but it may not be as great as we thought it. You know, I mean, Diana herself has had a couple of, uh, books where you know she was writing them back to back and they and she needed a break and she didn't do it and exactly and you know so she's been she's been able to kind of do that with those novellas she's actually written a couple of other stories with other writers as well especially one with martin as well and uh, so i think that's a great thing and i think people need to chillax i understand that you guys have been waiting for this for a very long time um, and even, you know, Diana has mentioned before that he better get on it a little bit. Um, but it's coming, and he's working on it. And I think that we just need to kind of give him some room and let him do his thing. Because at the end, we don't want his talent to suffer for, yeah. for something mean, that we uh, Dan actually posted a quote recently, which was, you know, in 10 years, no one's going to remember what date this damn thing came out. They're going to remember whether or not it was good. And that's what I care about. Absolutely, yeah. I completely agree. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think I think too. People really, it, it, I can't stress it enough. It's not something that conflicted with him writing wins. This was something that was written so long ago, and people immediately, you know, they they want to jump on that without. You know, I wrote the article for Wick, and I was reading through all the comments, and almost no one realized that he had written it years and years ago. Everybody was up in arms. Oh, why is he writing this? What's going on? Why won't he finish wins, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, read what actually happened. I mean, on George's live journal, he sounded annoyed um, that his, that his homeboy even asked him for the story. Cause he was like, I don't have anything for you. I'm not writing anything for you. 
And his, his friend came back and said, well, do you have anything that's already written and I can just edit it and put it out? And he's like, yeah, I got that. So, yeah, give the guy some slack. This isn't something that he wrote that took time away from wins. He wrote this a long time ago. And even if he did, yeah, like I just said, give him some slack. I mean, let the guy do what, you know, kind of what he wants. He doesn't owe us anything. I, I want wins out tomorrow, but he doesn't owe it to me. So, yeah. yeah my, I mean, my, but, hope is that, my hope, honestly, for wins is that uh, he has it done in time to be able to announce the publishing of it in conjunction with Season 7. That's what I'm hoping. I, yeah. I think I think that's the best case scenario. We're all crossing our fingers, especially since that you know the uh, the trajectory that we've all seen you know says that this would be the year that he would finish. So I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful. And, and, and you know what? And, and I agree with Annie because even if he announced you know in conjunction with season seven coming out, hey, Winds of Winter is definitely coming out in a year, in a year, you know, even just an announcement saying, hey. It's coming out. I have it, you know, done. I've done my part. It's doing editing, you know, kind of stuff or whatever. I think people would be past, you know, that would pacify people and, and they would calm down and be like, okay, I'm, I'm calm. It's coming. I'm, I mean, I'm in the same boat with uh, Game of Thrones fans uh, because I'm waiting on the ninth book from, from, uh, from the Outlander series. But, I mean, it's only been about three years. But she hasn't, she's announced the title, but she hasn't announced the, the date when it's coming out. So, Hey, it's it's going to be okay, guys. It's being worked yeah. on. Chillax. And, and, and I think too, you know, Wins probably has a little bit more complications behind it because I mean, if you think about Wins being, you know, analogous to season six, think about all the things that happened in season six. So and he's got to make them make sense, right? That's a lot to write. That's a lot to get right. You know, not to use the same word twice, but that's a lot to get right. To a lot to stick the landing on. And if you're going to reveal things like John's parents and Cersei blowing up the Sept, I mean, that's a lot of stuff to go. And Stannis is still alive in the books. I mean, so there's a lot of stuff that he has to well, do. Well, I have a question. I, it, this is a, a question as a Shonley, and I, I know I don't read the books, so it doesn't really matter what I think. But, I mean, do you really think he's going to incorporate the changes that the show made? Actually, you know what? No, because we already know. But, okay, so y'all know in the show that that uh, that the Maester is dead. That the Grand Maester is dead. That that yeah, yeah, some stuff happens in the fifth book. Some stuff yeah, like Pycelle actually dies a completely five. different way. Like he is killed by he is killed by the little birds, but in a completely different way. And uh, Kevin happens to be there and is also killed by the little birds. Like they aren't killed in an explosion with the Sept. You know, I'm actually right. really curious if the explosion with the Sept even happens in the books. Like, I'm really well, curious about that. I, I, I don't. All, for all we know, that was a shortcut that the show took because it just got rid of all those characters at once. Yeah, That's and, a good point. I didn't even think... Well, I mean, I don't read the books, but um, I mean, I guess that that's a huge, huge you know, point because it was such a big moment in the show. Uh, for him to not even do that, I mean, at well, this I point, mean, one of the things he wants to do, and this is something that um, that I've actually talked about with a lot of people, is they are like, so this book that comes out is basically a novelization of what we just watched on television. He no, doesn't. I don't want think so that. at all. He does not want that. He's actually. I think it was two years ago. He said he was actively making changes to diverge from the TV show. Like, yeah. actively coming up with them in order to make it different. So, for all we know, these books can be completely different from what we've actually watched. I, I, so yeah, there will be I, a huge divergence between the show and the, and the uh, books. Wow. Yeah. 
That's and you incredible. don't even have to, you, you know, the thing is, you don't even have to change the events to change the book. I mean, Jon Snow dies the same way in the books, right? But the reason the Night's Watch killed Jon Snow is completely different in the books. So, you know, you can have the same stuff happening, but for different reasons. And, it, you know, it can, it can change things in pretty powerful ways. Um so, I mean, I, I'm excited for the book because I don't think it'll be, I mean, a novelization in season six, I don't, I don't think that at all. That, no, that's, I mean, that's pretty well. interesting. And I don't, I don't know if Corey remembers, but I know probably Annie and I do. Remember those books that you used to go ahead and say, you know, if you want this to happen, you go to page, whatever. I actually have yeah, a yeah. friend in, on Facebook who does that with every single picture he posts. He literally <laughs> still does that like 30 years later. He's your own so adventure. Great. Yeah, choose your own adventure books. Yes, basically. And I I really feel like this is going to be great, you know, especially if, um, and and I'm saying this, you know, as a Shonley, that, you know, that would actually probably get me to read the books because if I know that the books, at least for starting from Winds of Winter, uh, are going to be completely different from the show, well, shit, I'm going to watch, I'm going to read that because it's going to be different. And And so that makes total sense and it makes a great sense for for uh, Martin to do that. So that I uh, my applause yeah. to him. Yeah, and I just think things. I mean, I think even like you look at like John's resurrection. It was fairly simple on the show. You know, Melisandre cut off his hair, said a couple things, and up he popped. It, I mean, Martin doesn't do anything simple. So no, that's going to be that's going to be wildly different. So you know, I, I think the wins is going to be you know again it'll hit the same points. You know, John will get resurrected by Melisandre, but it's going to be so much different and so more detailed as Martin always does that it'll be a completely we'll different. We'll have to experience. know about his dinner, right? It'll be a completely different experience, I think. So I, I don't buy that it'll be any kind of novelization of of season six. Uh, you know, even close. So, I mean, you know, I'm still looking forward to it. I'll still buy it the, the day it comes out. I'll still probably have the release date off from work and sit at home and burn through the whole book in a day. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not, like I'm, old times. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not at all. My, my excitement for the book is not at all dampened by the show, you know, passing it up. All right. Well, that's our show for the, uh, for the week. And, uh, we're sorry we lost Razor halfway through. Um, we, uh, we hope he, we, he approves of what we've managed to do on his absence. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to leave comments on our, on what you think of what we talked about tonight and let us know what you want us to talk about for our next topic. Um, yeah, and we'll mention you on air. All right. Uh, have a lovely, uh, evening of Alarm Abuse. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.